The Cultural Revolution in the 1960s changed the face of America. The sex, drugs, and rock and roll scene led the way to some of what we still see today in rebellion and immorality. After all, it's the youth of that generation that are the grandmas and grandpas of today. And now, many parents, the children of the rebel generation, are having to navigate this new cultural norm. And they're finding that biblical parenting flies in the face of what they were taught and what much of the culture now believes. Do today's Christian parents face a different kind of rebellion as they raise their kids? A rebellion against the rebellion. We'll discuss it with Ryan Dobson, the host of the podcast Rebel Parenting, today on Licensed to Parent. Hi, I'm glad you've joined us for another edition of Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherds Hill Academy. Shepherds Hill is a year-long Christ-centered residential program for teens in crisis. Our host is the founder and executive director of Shepherds Hill, Trace Embry. Trace is the author of The Miracles of Shepherds Hill, and I'm Michelle Hill. Our goal on Licensed to Parent is to take what we're learning each day at Shepherds Hill and share it with you so that you can be better prepared to raise your kids in a way that honors God. And so that's what we're doing today. Well, Trace, this is an interesting idea that parents today have to become rebels to push back against a culture born out of rebellion. How bad have things gotten and how much rebelling is really needed to turn things around? Well, I would say we're rapidly getting to a point, but we're already there. I mean, look at entertainment, for example, or, or, or what passes for entertainment, particularly in the arena of music. When things get so bizarre, grotesque, immoral, or illegal uh, to the point that nothing is shocking anymore, what's a poor rebel to do, Right. Talent and beauty are too often substituted for you know, shock value on a sideshow. Uh, I'm not saying it doesn't take talent to perform a lot of this stuff. I'm sure it does. But, you know, Hitler had talent. Michelle, I think we've confused talent as always being associated with something of redemptive value, beauty, or benefit. Uh, we've redefined godly terms with the devil's dictionary. Bad is now good. Good is bad. Right is wrong. Right is, wrong is right. Boys can be girls. Girls can be boys. Psalm 11.3 says, When the foundations are being destroyed, what can the righteous do? Well, we can rebel against it, or, or we can live in chaos. All this uh, and a whole lot more is the world parents have to raise their kids in today. Mm. So... What you said in the opening, Michelle, is spot on uh, about the only way to bring a, a semblance of objective truth and sanity back into our parenting experience and eventually back to our entire culture is for believing parents to totally surrender themselves to God. And I'm talking about the God that we claim to serve uh, via a biblical worldview, regardless of how countercultural or rebellious it might appear to the masses or even to our own kids. Remember, this is a spiritual battle and a spiritual war is the only war we win by actually surrendering. But we don't surrender to our enemy, we surrender to our king. And, and this, regardless of the possibility or even the likelihood of persecution, if being called a rebel is the height of our persecution experience for actually doing what's objectively true and right, hey, I say hallelujah. So we have to train our kids in the ways of the Lord, prepare them for the possibility of persecution, and then get them to realize that our cultural emperor has been naked for well over half a century now. When a female Supreme Court nominee can't even define what a woman actually is, mm. the foundations of our civil society are definitely being destroyed. 
that very question should have been considered an insult to her intelligence in the very asking. Mm-hmm. Remember, it's those drug-addled and mind-altered hippie influences of the 60s, as you mentioned, uh, and now their posterity, who have today become our lawmakers, our teachers, our mental health professionals, and other cultural engineers of today. And meanwhile, Silicon mm-hmm. Valley, and while the power and influence that goes with it, is also home to these kind of folks as well. J- just because someone has the brain to build a computer network doesn't mean the, the same person has the brain to keep others from destroying the world with it. So, parents, please keep all this in mind before giving your kids 24-7 access to those addictive adult indoctrination tools we call smartphones. Well said, Trace. Today's guest has a lot to say about parenting. Ryan Dobson is a dad of two, and he's the son of parenting expert Dr. James Dobson. Ryan has written six books. He speaks most weekends to people wanting help with their families, and he is host of Rebel Parenting. Ryan, it's so great to have you with us today. Oh, my goodness, Michelle, Trace, it's so good to see you guys and hear your voices again. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Uh, Ryan, I'm not sure that the concept, uh, premise, or the title for your uh, Rebel Parenting broadcast is congruent with how I just opened up a license to parent here, but uh, at least you know my (laughs) thoughts about Rebel Parenting. It's my story. I'm sticking to it. Welcome back. (laughs) Thanks for having me. (laughs) Since we last talked, you started a a new program called Rebel Parenting. Uh, Tell us about Mm -hmm. that, would you please? Yeah, you know, Trace, it, it, the Cultural Revolution happened in the 60s, it continued the 70s and the 80s, that less than zero generation, we being raised by babysitters and nannies, latchkey kids, mm-hmm. and it's continued on to where culture now says not just that you can have everything all at once, but that you should have everything all at once. And I'm telling parents, you can have everything. I mean, you can have anything in life, careers, all that stuff, but you have a very small window that your children are in your home, and it's your calling given to you by God to use that time wisely in the formation of a human soul. And you don't have to, Trace. That's the whole thing. You don't have to, but you get to. And you don't have to. You can farm it out. Farm it out to a nanny. Farm it out to a grandma, grandpa. You know, live your life, do your thing. But you get to, you get to be in that child's life. It's a blessing. It's a joy. I didn't know. I love, my goodness, I love being a parent so much. I love being married so much. And I say that in crowds and I get, I get looks on people's faces that they're sad. They look at me like, oh, I don't even know what that feels like. I, I, I'm just embarrassed about being a parent. I just feel shame all the time. Mm-hmm. I think I'm a bad parent. I'm a bad husband. Really? And they're just full of guilt and full of shame. Yeah. Well, I like to quote G.K. Chesterton's famous line, you know, before you tear down a fence, find out why it was put up to begin with. Uh, so do you think today's average Christian parent, Christian parent has forsaken any biblically established parenting principles that should perhaps be revisited and applied to the 21st century? Totally. Yeah. And here's the thing, Trace, it didn't happen on purpose. Right. It wasn't like they sought this out. But when we listen to culture whisper in our ear long enough, we start heading down that road. It has to be an intentional effort to fight culture and to remain a solid family. And you can, man, you're going to be, your family will be a bunch of weirdos. Right. It's true. People (laughs) look at us and they're like, you guys get along. You don't fight. You don't, you're not mean to each other. You know, uh, what's going on? You homeschool your children? Mm -hmm. Isn't that weird? I don't know. Seems weird to send your kids to a stranger for nine hours a day that you don't know. But hey, it's just me. I like hanging out with my kids. I enjoy my time with my children. Amen. 
So as you are coaching parents on the weekend or yeah. coaching parents with your podcast and you're saying, hey, it's okay to be a weirdo, yeah. what, what exa- unpack what does that weirdo look like? Well, I, I got to tell you, I started off being a horrible, horrible parent, Michelle, honestly. And I say that and people go, oh, Ryan. And I go, listen, I do this for a living. I know what good parenting is and bad parenting is. I started off knowing I was going to be a failure as a parent. I just knew it. My dad is James Dobson, the expert on marriage and parenting. There's no possible way I can live up to that hype. I knew I'd be a failure. And knowing that turned me into a fear-based parent. I was Mm. so afraid of failing and giving my parents a bad name and then nobody's going to listen to Focus on the Family. And if they don't listen to Focus on the Family, they won't hear about Jesus and everyone's going to go to hell and it's all my fault. (laughs) And I was... But I mean, you get that, right? It's just that weird pressure thing. And I just, it turned into, there was never a situation I couldn't make better Hmm. by coaching it up, by telling you what was wrong, by telling Mm -hmm. you how you could do it better. And it just, it was grinding on my kids and it was grinding on my wife and it was grinding. I mean, you think I was mean to my kids and my wife? The voice in my head is the meanest, cruelest voice in the world. Mm Finally, the Lord got a hold of me, told me that he loves me, that I was called to be a parent, that he loves my parenting ability. Mm -hmm. And over time, I got rid of the anger and I started getting into my kids and loving my kids and loving my wife and learning how to say I'm sorry and learning to forgive and being kind. And I'm telling you, my family, I'll brag about my family Mm because I was such a bad parent. If I can change... If I can have a good relationship with my kids and my wife, mind telling you, anybody can. If my stubborn, dumb brain can get broken by the Lord and learn grace, anybody can do it. So was the first step in this like totally putting blinders on towards the culture? Yes. Honestly, Michelle, it was putting blinders on to me. I remember with Mm. my daughter, I just remember being in a situation where I thought, I— I can't do this. I, I'm. She is so tough, and she's so strong, and she's she's got this this will inside of her. If I try to be, you know, this authoritarian thing. Here's the truth. I've got tiny dogs. I used to have big dogs. I have tiny dogs. Dogs are really easy. They are so easy. If you get a deep voice and you raise it, dogs will do what you tell them to do. Mm-hmm. And. Over time and culture, Christians have done that with our children. When they disobey, when they disagree, when they say no or mine and they're toddlers, dads instinctively pull their shoulders back, puff out their chest, deepen their voice, raise the volume, and they authoritize the situation. And if I did that with my daughter, she would set the house on fire. If I tried to escalate from a six to a seven, she would pull the pin on the grenade and turn it to a 15. And I remember looking at this kid and thinking, I am ruining her. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm the one that's wrong. Maybe the common denominator in all these relationships is me. Maybe I'm just not. I, honestly, this is so silly. I look back at that old Seinfeld episode with George Costanza, and he said, I do everything wrong. What if I just do the opposite of what I think is right? And then he became successful. (laughs) And with my daughter, I learned if I would drop my shoulders, lower my voice, get down on my knees, get at eye level, and just say, baby, what is going on? 
what can daddy do? She felt understood. She felt cared for. She felt protected. She felt listened to. I'm telling you, I have the sweetest, kindest, gentlest daughter. I, it is insanity. The only thing that changed was me. My son and I hang out all the time. The only thing that changed was me. My wife is kind and considerate. She cares for me. She supports me. The only thing that changed was me. My change, my form transformation through the Holy Spirit allowed them the freedom to be who they are, allowed them the freedom to be kind back to me. I'm telling you, it's the best. Being broken by the Lord is the greatest experience in life. Our guest today on Licensed to Parent is Ryan Dobson. Ryan is the host of the podcast Rebel Parenting. Trace Embry and I will continue our conversation with Ryan right after this break. Shepherds Hill Academy, a year-long Christ-centered residential program for teens in crisis, is celebrating 20 years of ministry. There have been many distractions in our work through the years as a result of a four-lane highway that divided our land. As a result, plans are underway to develop a whole new campus designed to improve our students' therapeutic experience away from the highway noise, along with up-to-date infrastructure and staff offices, all to help smooth out the day-to-day operations. The five-year, two-phase plan will begin with a new dining hall, followed by two new school buildings, also containing a new studio for licensed parent. Please consider partnering with us, building together a new and improved Shepherds Hill Academy. Learn more and make your gift today. ShepherdsHillAcademy.org slash building together. That's ShepherdsHillAcademy.org slash building together. And thanks for helping us provide healing to teens in crisis. Hi folks, Trace Embry here, host of the Licensed to Parent broadcast and founder of Shepherd's Hill Academy. We've all heard about modern day miracles, mostly from mission fields. Frankly, I believed about half of them and experienced none of them until about 30 years ago when Christ truly became the Lord of my life. The Miracles of Shepherd's Hill is a book that wasn't written as much as it was recorded. It's the true story of how God used a handshake, my family's last $200, and our 30-year odyssey of bumper-to-bumper miracles to acquire a 60-acre farm that was used by the devil and turned it into a 250-acre globally recognized healing ministry for God. I want all people to know that Jesus Christ is still in the miracle-working business for those submitted to his word, will, and way, and who properly understand what faith truly is. The Miracles of Shepherd's Hill, an extraordinary odyssey of divine interventions by Trace Embry. Learn more at LicensedToParent.org. Welcome back to Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherd's Hill Academy. Shepherd's Hill is a one-year residential program for teens in crisis. And today we are helping you, the parent, become a rebel. Okay, maybe not a rebel, but to have a closer relationship with your kids so that you can detect if they need help before they need our help. Our guest is Ryan Dobson. He and his wife, Lauren, host the podcast Rebel Parenting. And Ryan, just before the break, you were just sharing your life story about how you became the parent that you have today. And I've just got to say, thank you for living out loud. Thank you for sharing this story with us, because sometimes it's really hard to share like the raw stuff of life. It is. And it's especially hard with your kids. It really is. Mm. 
And I just got to be honest, it's okay. We fail all that. That's the whole thing. We're supposed to be failures. That's our life. We forget this. We forget that most of life is failure. Most of life is not success. And then we get wrapped up in our kids thinking they should get it right the first time. They shouldn't struggle with the sins that we struggle. You know, all those types of things. But being a failure is such a part of life you've got to tell your kids. In fact, there's an amazing study done by the Fuller Youth Institute out of California. It was a longitudinal study. It's called Sticky Faith. How do you get your faith to stick to the next generation. I've heard of it. And they said one of the most effective ways to do this is telling your children when you fail. And that's really difficult. And you can do it in the little ways, but you can do it in the big ways. And I say do this age appropriately. Describe it age, you know, don't freak your children out. But I've done that with my children. And the one I use now is very, very recent. So it's raw for me. And during the pandemic, uh, I lost my primary job. It was very scary. Lots of people went through that. So lots of people understand that feeling. And I started mm-hmm. picking up contract work left and right. And I've got a great bunch of contracts now. But about four weeks ago, I really blew it in one of my jobs. It was an accident, but it was my fault. And I thought it was going to cost me my job. And I was absolutely freaking out. All my fears came back from the pandemic of losing a job and trying to find new income and all those things everyone's been struggling with the past few years. And I was talking to Laura about it and I just was going, oh my goodness, I don't know what to do. I've got to go to my boss and I got to tell him what I did and oh, this is awful. And I finally, I just heard from the Lord saying, you got to tell your kids, Ryan. Like they know something's Mm -hmm. going on. You're upset. You got to tell them. And age appropriately, I told him I blew it up my job and I had to go tell my boss and I was afraid I was going to lose my job and I've been praying about it. And I was worried and my kids were worried with me. And I told my 10 year old, like, I wish there was a lie I could tell to get out of this. I do. That part of me <laughs> wishes there was some way to escape this, but I can't. I have to be a man and go own up to this. And so I went, Laura drove with me. She stayed in the car. I went upstairs and, and met with my boss and praise the Lord. He was so gracious and so kind to me. Hmm. And we went home and I told my kids and, and I was telling them the story and I said, you know, Dr. So-and-so was so great to me and he was so kind and, you know, I'm just so thankful to the Lord for working this out. And they were like, oh, that's amazing, Daddy. And Lord looks at me, she goes, and? <laughs> and I go, and? And she goes, and? And I go, and what? And she goes, Ryan, what were the consequences of what you did? And I said, oh, kids, that trip I went on, that contract job, I had to give all my money back. And their eyes just exploded. They went, what? Because that was a huge check. And yeah. I said, yeah, I had to give my money, that money back. And they were like, oh, daddy. And I go, it's okay, though. Not only did I keep my job, he told me my job is secure for the rest of the year. And the truth is, kids, I blew it. And that is an appropriate consequence. Yeah. We're going to get through this. It's going to be okay, but that's what consequences are, and it's all right. Sometimes we have to pay for our mistakes. I got to tell you, it was the most vulnerable thing I've done in so long. It was so cri- – but what I did is I said, hey, man, at 51, your dad blows it. Like, huge blew it. It was an accident. I didn't mean to, but I still suffer the consequences, and as an adult, you will too, and that's okay. Well, you're laying – It's okay. Yeah, and you're laying the groundwork for – Mm-hmm. reality really and mm-hmm. and there's nothing that gives a kid more security 
than objective reality. If they go through life thinking that you know, my mom and dad never make a mistake, I mean, you're the son of Ugh, James Dobson. You may have, you may, maybe you thought that and you had to li live up to something like that. But I can tell you some of the greatest bonding times with my own kids is when I blew it. And I did have to come back to them and squat down before them and say, look, uh, this is how I blew it, you know, uh, A through Z. Uh, but is, is, there, is there any uh, uh, truth to the, the notion that we, in the culture that we live in and all the influences are going to get past us and influence our kids that we kind of have to raise our kids as if we're in a missionary culture where we have to be missionaries to our own kids because there's so many things vying for their attention and their, their worldview. Mm. Is there ever a time where you just don't have the time to, to, to crouch down and, or, or want to take the time or, or maybe you shouldn't take the time to crouch down and explain things. Is there ever a time where it's just like, this is what I, I need done. So I need you to, to do it and I can, I can get back to you later. Uh, honestly, it's rare. Uh, but here's the deal, Trace. Because it's rare, when I need it to happen, it does. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. Mm -hmm. Yesterday, I was talking to a group of parents, and they were like, Ryan, how do you get your kids to go to bed? How do you get them to do their chores? Like, I mean, if they're kids. And I go, I just ask. And they were like, oh, Ryan, come on. I go, no, you don't understand. We have an environment in our family that we changed. Any positive thing anybody does in our family, they get thanked for it. If you're polite, Lucy was in the car the other day with us. We were driving along, Laura and I were talking, and she started to interrupt. And Laura said, what do you need? And she goes, no, 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 it's okay. Go ahead. Finish. And Laura finished. And Lucy said, can I talk now? And I was like, baby, that was so polite. Oh, my goodness. What a polite young lady you are. It's so easy to listen to you when you say, excuse me. Thank you for doing that. Mm -hmm. That happens all day in my family. Last week, my son, he's 15. He took the trash out without being asked. And I didn't know what he was doing. He went over to the trash can, opened the lid, picked up the little plastic things you pull and then you tie, and he's tying it up. And I'm like, what is this kid doing? And he's picking up the trash. He starts walking out the back door. I go, what are you doing? He goes, taking the trash out? <laughs> and I was like, hey, dude, thank you. I didn't ask you to do that. That's nice. And he looked at me strangely. He's like, uh, okay. I mean, he's six feet tall. I'm five, nine and a half. He's 15. <laughs> but I went up and told my wife and she came, came downstairs and she was like, Hey, Lincoln, thank you. That helps me out so much. I appreciate that. And he was like, all right. But that attitude, that gratitude and that kindness, the quick to forgive, yeah. quick mm. to forgive it because it takes the pressure off of being wrong and making mistakes. Yeah. I had a guest in the studio. I have a home studio. I work out of my house and I had a guest in the studio last week and during a break, you need to use the bathroom. And before I have guests, Laura always cleans the kids' bathroom because it's the one guests use. But I run upstairs to make sure. I ran upstairs, nothing had been cleaned. Our laundry is out. The trash can is full. The shower curtain's back. The towel's on the floor. My kids' underwear is out. I mean, it's like, oh, my goodness. Real life. <laughs> yeah, I'm a parent, right? So I'm, I literally threw everything in our bedroom, slammed the doors, pulled the curtain back, flushed the toilet, you know, okay. And... Laura came home later and she was like, oh my goodness, I forgot to clean the bathroom. I'm so sorry. And I was like, no, no, it's whatever. It's no big deal. And here's the truth, Trace and Michelle. It, it was kind of a big deal. It sent me kind of into a mini panic and I had extra stress and it was, you know, it was frustrating and it took a little extra time and it would have been embarrassing if, you know, Dr. Jeff had seen that. But I mean, honestly, I didn't know what happened that morning. My wife homeschools our kids, and she takes them to practice and to tutors and all the— Who knows what happened? Right. I don't know. And you know what? Maybe nothing. Maybe she just made a mistake. 
But can I tell mm. you, in that moment, is my marriage going to get better if I go, you know what? I work really hard and I'm the man of the house. And, you know, all I ask is just for you to clean up the bathroom a little bit. And it would have only taken five minutes. And you know how stressed I was? And uh, really? <laughs> have I never made a mistake? Am I a perfect human being? Like, do I need to to rub her nose in it and make her feel bad? Like, that won't help anything, right. nothing. Mm. But for me to go, hey, it's Good no big point. deal. You had a busy morning. And she goes, I didn't have a busy morning. I just forgot. Oh, no big deal. You made a mistake. Everyone yeah. makes mistakes. Yeah. That's okay. Because then when you say, hey, I really need this done tomorrow. Hey, I will get it done. I understand that. Because right. I care about you. I respect your feelings. I understand where you are mentally. I look at you in context. You're a unique individual. And because we care about each other, the things that matter, matter. Yeah. One of the things I hear a lot about uh, in, in, in context to what we're talking about is, you know, the parents are supposed to have all the answers. And I think as parents, we think we're, ah. we're supposed to have all the answers. And our kids are, are always going to dad and, and mom and not going to them. But mom and dad are coming to them. Oh, no, this is how you do it. You need to do it this way or you need to have that or blah, 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 <laughs> blah. And, and so being prescriptive can got to get a little uh, uh, irritating to, to kids sometimes. No way. I tell my kids all the time I don't know. They ask me questions that are hard. That's the best. The best is telling your kids you don't know. I don't have any idea. Let's go find out. And then I find out. What does scripture say? You know, does this go against my belief system? I tell my kids I don't know all the time because they won't know the answers regularly. Where do you find answers? What's a good source of truth? Who is wise counsel? Who should you choose? I tell kids this all the time. I speak to high schoolers every summer. It's one of the best advice I've ever been given and that I give to them. When you need advice, find an old person. People your age don't know more than you. We're all dumb at this age. Find a, I'm 51. Find a seven, you know what? Actually, my therapist is younger than me. He's so smart. Most of my doctors now are younger than me. Find the wise counsel. You can do that and tell your kids that. Hey, you know what? What, I, I remember being angry and raising my voice when Lincoln was about eight. That's when I had a big change. And I apologized, and he didn't roll his eyes because he was young, but the look on his face said, oh, you're a liar. And I looked at him, and I went, oh, my goodness, I've said this too many times. I am (laughs) so, so sorry. I'm going to go get help. And that was a big change for me. I went and got professional help. I went to a counselor, and I said, I'm angry all the time. Everything sets me off. The things that should bring me joy don't. Please help me. And through the Lord, with a Christian counselor, man, I got a control of my anger. It's so great. Hallelujah. I'm so happy. Mm. I'm so, I have so much joy. I just share it. And I, I feel silly sometimes, like I'm a cliche, but I'm telling you, Trace, I'm telling you, Michelle, the Holy Spirit can fill you with joy and allow you to help people, mm. and it makes you feel good. You get that oxytocin boost mm-hmm. of that feel-good hormone when you help other people. It's like that's what the Lord is giving you. Yeah. Mm. Amen, brother. And on that note, I am sad to say that our time is up, Ryan. But thank you so much for joining us today. Absolutely. I feel like our conversation just, know, started. Like just started. Oh, it's <laughs> such an honor. Thank you so much. What a pleasure. Your ministry is so impactful. It helps kids that are in their most desperate times. They're in this dark hole and they can't see out. And you show them a light and you get down in that hole and you're like, I've been here. I know the way out. Mm. I love it so much. Amen. Well, I need to name you your therapist. <laughs> <laughs> I could use a little counsel in that direction. 
Our guest today on Licensed to Parent has been Ryan Dobson. To find out more about Ryan and the work he's doing to equip today's parents, go to rebelparenting.org. Thanks for listening to Licensed to Parent. Licensed to Parent is an extension of Shepherds Hill Academy, our year-long Christ-centered wilderness-based residential program for troubled teens. You can learn more about this ministry to teens and their families at our website. That's licensedtoparent.org. Thanks to our team for making today possible. Our producer is Rich Rosel. Carl Peets is our technical producer. For Trace Embry, I'm Michelle Hill, inviting you to join us again next time to renew your license to parent. And remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless you. See you next time.